0: Welcome to the Black and Green Podcast, your go-to place to find the latest high-quality all-natural products created by Black artisans. Hosted by yours truly, Dr. Kristen H., we'll discuss all things health, wellness, self-care, and self-love. We'll feature a refreshing lineup of guests, including entrepreneurs, artisans, holistic lifestyleists, clean beauty experts, and a plethora of other innovators within the wellness industry. I hope that you join us for this amazing journey. Welcome back to the Black and Green podcast. We're really excited to have you with us today. Uh, We have an amazing guest, Donica Jones, with Natural Mixologist, who's out of New Orleans, who's going to talk about some of her amazing products. Thank you so much, Donica, for joining us.
1: Oh, thank you, Kristen, for having me. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. So one of the things we always like to learn about is what's the story behind the brand? So what's the story behind Natural Mixologist? Where does the name come from? Um, And just what was your impetus to create it?
1: Well, the name comes from that I, at the time I created the brand, I was a bartender. Uh And so I was a cocktail mixologist. Um, I had my son, and he suffered from eczema. Um, his eczema was so severe that they would send him home from school at least twice or three times a week, thinking he had the chickenpox.
0: Oh, my gosh. That is yeah. like some <laughs> serious eczema. Does he, yes. have, does he have eczema all over?
1: No, just on his legs.
0: Okay, see, oh, yeah. my mm. dad always had eczema really bad, and he gets it on his hands and his feet, and then my cousin gets eczema really bad where he breaks out from head to toe, like even on his face. Wow, yeah. that's
1: the People don't understand asthma until you have to live with it mm-hmm. and see someone suffering with it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's painful.
1: It is painful. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and the doctor was prescribing him steroid cream constantly. Oh my
0: gosh, yeah. And so I
1: had a fear of him. I had one of my friends, their son um, became impotent because of the steroid mm-hmm. cream he used from having eczema. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want that for my child. Right. So I did a whole bunch of research and, like, what kind of cream could I make? What kind of essential oils help heal? What could heal his eczema? It won't cure it, but it could definitely stop some of his breakouts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I created the frosty body but it was the first one I kind of created uh, for him and then it really did clear because eczema stopped his um breakouts that he was having was less frequent mm-hmm. and some of my friends were asking me about who had children that had eczema they had eczema and so I was giving away products and I decided hey let me try Etsy and so I started selling first on Etsy
0: wow yeah. So there's, oh, there's so much good stuff there. So you started on Etsy. Tell me about that transition from being on Etsy to creating your own website. Why did you decide to make that transition?
1: Um, because I felt I felt like Etsy Etsy wasn't promoting me the way I wanted to be promoted. Okay. I think they're promoting their own people, and I don't know what their logarithm was. Some people are doing really great on Etsy, some are not. So there's a lot of back end things that we really just don't know about, mm. and so I wanted to be um, controlling my own destiny. So I decided to create my own website so I can kind of be in charge of how I was being presented and how I could market myself to my customer base.
0: Yes. Okay. Awesome. So it was sort of this idea of um, you you felt like it was an advertising issue where you weren't coming up at the, like the top of the search engines, and also a percentage. Where are they taking a percentage of yourself?
1: They were, but it wasn't
0: a big percentage, to be honest. Okay. What's the percentage that they take? Or at the time where you were on Etsy, what was the percentage?
1: Oh, I think it was like maybe 3% of your sales. Okay,
0: Okay. that's not all. No,
1: it's not all. It's very small. But that's not where they get you at. They get you with the marketing costs. Um, and those who are higher on the search engine, you have to pay to market your product to be higher on there.
0: Got you. And,
1: and then you have to relist your listing. Um, people don't understand for Etsy to get popular, people have to really keep buying from you. Mm-hmm. So if they buy, it automatically relists your listing. But if you're not getting sales, you have to relist the listings yourself. And that has a cost. Okay. so the okay. where they make the bulk of their money comes from.
0: Got you. Got you. Mm-hmm. See, yeah, that's the always the inside and out. I mean, for, what, why do you think so? Do pe- why do you think that people will use an Etsy, um, particularly if they have a really popular? So, if you have a popular product and you're on Etsy, do you think it makes sense to stay on Etsy, or would you encourage someone to build their own website?
1: I would encourage someone to build their own website because I've heard stories of people who were doing really well on Etsy, but unfortunately, Etsy changed their logarithm and some things changed. And so then their sales decreased. Mm. So you're not in charge of your your brand. Someone else is controlling that. Right. So, there, that's a problem.
0: And then, you know, setting up a website nowadays is not that expensive.
1: You know, no, you it's need, so reasonable. Yeah. yeah, so reasonable. And you can create a great website for nothing.
0: You can hop on Squarespace, and $150 later, you'd like, you had a professional website.
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly I tell everyone you need to have a website you need to have a presence because there's so many black owned companies there like I can't afford it I can't do it but you can afford it because if you can do two or three sales that's paying for your whole website in one month yeah easily. So if look about it look at it and that those kind of terms then they, they can see the money and the advantages of doing it
0: right right that makes a lot of sense you were telling us about how you started the company and it was kind of in response to your son's eczema outbreaks. And right, so how right. did the line grow out of that one product?
1: Well, then people were asking me you know, to, to help them with other things. I was looking to, I used to make soap at one point. The soap was a great seller. It um, took a lot of my time. Uh, but uh-huh. people still ask me about that soap every day. Um, so I was creating things to help with their skincare, with their skin needs. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of grew to more focused on women. And for his facial masks. people were asking about, Acne. They had a huge acne or hyperpigmentation issues. And so I was creating like facial masks and things like that to help them with their facial serums. So it kind of grew from there. And then the men's line um, grew as well because my um, significant other had a beard. And one day he came home and he shaved his beard off. And I was like, what's going on? Because you look a mess. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, he was like, I just I just, I just, can't take care of this beard anymore. So then I started curating beard products for his beard. And I was like, look, as long as I curate stuff, you're never shaving that beard off again. Right.
0: So, <laughs> like, that's our rule. That's,
1: like, that's no the deal. That's going on. Right. So... That if those things grew from like my family and friends' needs and that start creating these products are coming out from that.
0: Right. That's awesome. That's awesome. So it was sort of like listening to the market, seeing what mm-hmm. people needed and then creating products um, that kind of met their needs.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: So I'm curious to know like who's your demographic? So you're making natural products um, that use a lot of natural ingredients and in, you know, in the green space, the green beauty space. Yes. Um, who's your biggest uh, who, who's who's buying your products
1: I always say that it's people who are woke and mm-hmm. I know that that sounds like so cliche but it really are people that are aware of what's going into their bodies right what's applying mm-hmm. on their skin so it's not a particular age group or a particular um ethnicity at all is people that are saying to themselves, Hey, I understand that these things that have been marketed to me my whole life may not be the best thing for my body.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I want to understand how can I use what grows on the earth to heal my body. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I know that it won't happen overnight because everything has a process. Mm-hmm. So they understand how natural products work. They want to uh, understand it more how it can heal their bodies, and they're aware of what's going on with their bodies as well. Right.
0: So I noticed on, on your website, um, do you have a picture of yourself on your website?
1: Only, no, I don't.
0: <laughs> okay, so tell us why. Why don't you have a picture of yourself?
1: Well, in the beginning, I'm not going to deny to anyone in the beginning, it was because that I was a person of color because I was thinking to myself, oh my God, people are not going to buy from me, um, because, um, I'm black and that, some of that does have some truth to it. Right. Um, so I had a fear of that, but now, I mean, I have no problem with it now. I've embraced that. I have accepted that challenge. Um. I remember the reason why I was approached by a beer company, a beer magazine from Europe, and they wanted to do a profile on me. And I was the only woman that made beer products. Mm. And he was not at all concerned about that or my, the color of my skin. Right. And, he was, and he was like, look, if you are what you are, and you make great products. You need to start embracing that. Mm. And so, you know, not, not by design anymore, but I do
0: have my hands on there and I do have
1: my significant
0: other of color. So yes, yes, I don't yes. it anymore. that's awesome. I mean, I think it's interesting because this is a struggle that I think a lot of black owned businesses have is saying that they're black owned and working mm-hmm. through that. So for you, it sounded like it was sort of getting this uh, reassurance for someone that we don't care about that. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Is that kind of, that's kind of what did it for you to kind of feel comfortable? Like since you've done it, what have what changes have you seen? Have your sales went up? Have your sales went down? Are people, you know, kind of what has been, what has happened since that moment?
1: Most definitely my sales have went up. Mm-hmm. I think being honest about who you are and embracing who you are. Okay. And people recognize that honesty. Yep. And, and so it's difficult for us. I mean, because we are so afraid of, am I not going to make this money? Am I not going to be accepted? And the honest part is a lot of times the skincare people, they really aren't looking for us. I look at some of these platforms and they do not have not one maker of color. Not one. That platform, not one. Mm-hmm. I, mean, and I mean, not even a Spanish person or an Asian person, no. but just a black person.
0: The product so, is not for you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I know the fear, but we have to also be bold and yeah. say, we're coming through this door in regards of you opening it up for me or not. Yes. Yes, yeah, so I think that's where we're
0: at. I mean, I think that's really what Black and Green is about, is that we want to provide a platform for those women who will boldly say, I'm making an amazing product, and I'm a black woman. And even take it a step further, that my product is for black women. I found of a lot of products that people aren't shying away from saying that, you know, sometimes we'll say for women of color or sometimes we'll just say for black women. Um, and I Mm -hmm. think that there's something powerful in us saying, I trust my community so much that I'm willing to say that this is for my community. And I know that my community will have my back.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And I love that. And I I love the revolution that we're having with that. Mm -hmm. Um, It took us a while to get there and I understand the process. It's a process. And so I feel like we are there finally. Yes. I think,
0: I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about the ingredients in your products? How do you select what ingredients you use and what ingredients you don't use?
1: Okay. So I don't use anything synthetic. Um, I don't use fragrance oils. I don't use anything that, um, any colorants, uh-huh. things natural. I believe in using fresh botanicals, um, if I'm going to use anything, it's going to be raw clays, raw butters, plant-based alls are or organic. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's not organic, I don't use it. Um, Nine times out of ten because a lot of the alls now, even though they're natural, they're being genetically modified. Um, so I don't mm-hmm. use a lot of alls. And so you have to keep that in mind because there's a reason why they're doing that because they're trying to curate a certain product. Um, on the shelf, and it cheapens it. Mm-hmm. So I try to keep everything at a high grade for my customers because they really want to to, to have things that are pure and here to heal their skin. Mm-hmm. And I believe that going to the basis form of the molecular level of a product or mm-hmm. a plant can heal your skin and your body as well. Mm,
0: yes, okay, that's awesome. And so does your choice on so being very particular about the ingredients drive up the cost
1: for you to create
0: the product
1: most definitely most definitely it does drive up the cost to curate those products it's, it's a higher cost to have something organically and ethically sourced as well mm-hmm. um you have a small farmer that's committed to being organic not getting any one of those mass styles or or, or farming on a mass level then they have a higher rate of of pay as well mm-hmm. so i I'm, I'm okay with paying higher for a for small farmer somewhere else that's trying to be committed to their to their um, ethic and right. the say committed to my ethic. So yes. I support those, those locations and those farmers and those wholesalers right. that I from that support those farmers as well.
0: Yeah, I think that that's really interesting. Now, how do you tell that story? To um, your customers, that they're paying a higher price for an island. Like, oh, I can get this, you know, for a couple of bucks somewhere else. Like, how do you translate that you're paying for a better product,
1: well, what I have found that um, when I do, because I am big on like the Facebook Live and Periscope, and when I do those kind of live action platforms, I show them the botanicals. I show them mm-hmm. what I'm using. I tell them, you're not going to find marajuca oil on the shelves. Right. That's the reason why you're not going to find it, because it's not a cheap, inexpensive oil. And so they know this. Beauty manufacturers know that, hey, I can't afford to put this on the shelf because they won't buy it because it's too expensive. So let them know that it is healing for your skin, but it's something that's not sourced everywhere. And what you're getting really is special. So mm-hmm. then they understand that, okay, this is something that I can't find that really can make a big difference in my skin.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm trying to translate that to my customer when they see me in person and when they see me on social media. Because mm-hmm. um, when I do yeah. setups in person, I have the actual product there in like, its is, it is raw form for them to see.
0: Right, right. That's awesome. That's really awesome. So um, I think, you know, education is a really important piece in educating the customer on the product and what they're getting and why certain chemicals are dangerous for them and just why it's important to kind of go green.
1: Yeah, most definitely. It's up to us as the people who own the brand to educate our customers. Um, I curated like a skincare guide on my site that's mm-hmm. for everyone who comes there so they can get that. So that's the first step of them understanding what my brand is and what i'm committed to mm. and so it's also educating them as well and so it's important that if you do have a brand especially in in the new green or clean you know branding you need to be able to be to be knowledgeable about your products what you're doing what you're selling to translate that to your customer base right right that's awesome that's really awesome
0: thanks to our artisan for joining us And now to our moment of meditation with Dr. Crystal Jones.
2: So whether you're listening to this podcast as you're walking down the street or in your car, in your home or in your bed, just want you to find a comfortable position where you can relax and take focus on what's happening right now. And as we do this, I want you to focus on your breath. Focusing on the fact that your answers are always in your breath. Feeling your breath, not judging it, but experiencing what it feels like. If you're able to, you can close your eyes. If not, just keep your focus. Notice where your breath is racing through. Where are you trying to meet so many deadlines in life? Notice where your breath is moving in the same cycle or feeling stuck. Where are you in destructive cycles in life? Where are you not changing the script, but only changing the characters in the play? Just take a moment and notice what your breath feels like and how it relates to your life. deep breath in, and as you exhale, let everything go that's not serving you, reminding yourself that you can keep anything that you want to keep, you can let go of anything you want to let go of, but honoring your truth in this breath. As you're breathing in, you're creating. As you're breathing out, you're creating space for what it is that you desire. Little by little letting go of what's not serving you and honoring the spaces that ask you to hold on at this moment, taking your time and being present. Continue in this breath until you feel like you've let go of everything that's standing in the way of creating what you desire. And as you feel like you've let everything go, bring the awareness back into your body.
0: I hope that you enjoyed the meditation with Dr. Crystal. Sometimes we all need a reminder to just stop and take a break, stop and clear our minds stop and be present but now we're going to hop back into the conversation with our artisan one of the questions that i have is what difficulties and challenges have you faced as a black woman in this space and how have you navigated some of those challenges
1: so do you want the real real okay
0: (laughs) i always want the real real okay okay
1: the biggest challenge is, oh my God, this is so emotional for me because it's still, when I would go into boutiques mm-hmm. to pitch my product to them, mm-hmm. immediately I felt them being taken aback because I was a woman of color, mm-hmm. immediately. It's like they, they would just shut down and wouldn't hear anything I had to say. Mm-hmm. And then when I would go back into that same boutique location, I would see another maker's items on the shelf who basically was the same branding that I am. Right. And I it's like why is it that they didn't recognize or didn't didn't take my product? I know the reason why. Right. That is the biggest challenge of being a woman of color, um, because I immediately feel it. I feel the doubt in their minds mm-hmm. when they see us coming to the store for whatever reasons it may be. It may not it may not be based in racism, mm-hmm. but it's definitely based in the prejudice or a bias. Right, it's not allowing us on their shelves, and wholesale is how you make your money when you are a brand. Right, you can talk to anybody; that will tell you the mark of their money is wholesale. And if we cannot break into the wholesale portion of the market, then we cannot be a success.
0: Right, it's sort of this idea of going to these institutions that have historically been white and asking <laughs> them to let us into their spaces versus mm-hmm. us creating our own spaces. And so I'm curious for the Black-owned boutiques that exist in New Orleans, what has been your experience with those uh, boutiques?
1: There are not that many of them, to be honest. Mm -hmm. There's just not. So I've had to somehow create um, other ways to try to get my products on shelves here locally because you got to have that local following first. Mm -hmm. Like I'm in a yoga studio that's Black-owned. Yes. Wait, what other studio is it? It's Magnolia Yoga Studio.
0: Magnolia. I've been there before.
1: Really? I
0: have. I have. Um, I have this thing about traveling places and finding the black yoga studios. I've been to Magnolia.
1: Wow. Great. Uh That is crazy. Ajax, she's the owner. She is amazing. Yes. yeah, she, and she's creating this community space for, for, for makers of color to be known and to be heard and to be seen. And so, yes, it's very important for us to have that same that to have a people of color that supports us. Right. There's so few in this city, unfortunately, so it's kind of hard to kind of navigate to that. Right. But we have to find other ways to do it. It may not be a boutique, yeah. like I found the younger studio. Mm-hmm. I may have to go find a hotel eventually, because there's an Ace hotel here, mm-hmm. and I want to pitch in them as well. So I'm trying to find different avenues, I can't get on the Shelby find different places
0: to do that. Right. I love that. That's awesome. I think we have to get creative. Um, and I, I also say this idea of yet like practice what you preach. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the big things that I promote on the website and with black and green is I'm, I'm basically encouraging, um, and suggesting for black people to support other black owned businesses. Well, on my end, when I'm doing my work, And I am setting up my business. I make sure that I I support all women-owned black businesses. My lawyer is a black woman. My Mm -hmm. web designer is a black woman. My PR person is a black woman. My marketing agent is a black woman. So it's like I'm practicing what I'm preaching. So just as much as I want people to support this platform, it's important for me to support those other brands. And sometimes I do pay more. You know? Yes. And um and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with paying more to support. Now I also demand high quality. So I, I don't buy into this idea that because something is black owned you're paying for lesser quality. I honestly think I'm getting better quality to be quite yes. frank. Um, and so I, I have, I'm i working with some of the best of the best in the industry and at the same time supporting Black women. And so I think it's important as brands to stop and think about that. Who's printing my labels? Where am I getting my bottles from? And is this a place where I can support another Black woman?
1: Uh, I, I totally agree. Yeah. I definitely agree. Definitely agree with that. We ha- And we have to be intentional. Yes. What we're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And if without the intention, then you don't have a purpose.
0: Exactly. Because if I'm asking my customer to be intentional about how they're spending their dollar, then as a business owner and as an entrepreneur, I have to be intentional about how I'm spending my dollars. Because it takes a lot of investment to get a product up and running. And those thousands of dollars are going somewhere. And I think we have to be smart about where those are going are we are we banking with black banks are we you know because i mean that is where we can start to really make a difference is are we using black products in other areas of our house and are there other places where we can find black products and that's where black and green comes in it's because it can help you find products i have to go to a baby shower in a couple of weeks i'm going to hop on my black and green website and find some baby toys or some books <laughs> and and make sure that i support
1: Exactly, yeah. exactly. And that and that is so important. And but it's taken us a while to get there mm-hmm. for various reasons. But I think that we're we're falling again and see that hey, there's a lot of value in the black dollar. Yes. We're seeing a lot of folk rich. Mm-hmm. And so we need to start creating that legacy of, of wealth in our own neighborhoods. Yep. Absolutely,
0: mm-hmm. absolutely. And we're and we're there. There's so many of us that are out here doing amazing mm-hmm. work, but we just don't have the same media attention that a lot of other brands have. Right. Um, well the money
1: it's, it's about the dollar. I mean yeah. they're talking about I always read I'm an avid reader about startups. They're they're getting a whole bunch of money, two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand to start the company up. When the banks when they're coming into a bank, they're giving them a lot six figures. Mm-hmm. So have that financial backing, it's easy to pay for marketing and do what you have to do to get your brand out there and mm-hmm. get noticed. When it's hard for us to get funding to get those loans that that capital, then you it's hard for you to say, I'm gonna pay this company six figures or twenty thousand or thirty thousand to market my brand. We right. don't have
0: it. Right. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's sort of and it's sort of this idea too, and I mean we have to talk about this is that a lot of our businesses are scared to take out debt.
1: Mm-hmm. And so
0: sometimes it's not even that the banks are telling us no, it's that we won't even ask in the first place. We try to bootstrap and do it, you know, dollar <laughs> by dollar. Like, I'm gonna make this work. I'm gonna print all look like you was doing. I'm gonna print all these labels myself and put them on my <laughs> bottles. I'm not gonna pay nobody to do that, you know? Right, um,
1: exactly. Yeah. Why, not exactly. I was doing that. I would I have to say I'm guilty. Yeah. You know, I'm guilty to so a lot because I was like, man, I don't have any money. But then when you start looking at how you're spending your dollars and actually being, you know, like I say, intentional about it, you say, okay, I do have the money for that. I, do, I can't allocate this for that. Right. I can't do this. So, it's actually sitting down and saying, where can I spend this money? And I promise you, to any maker that's, I promise you, you may not see it in one or two or three months, but I guarantee you will see it in six, seven, eight, nine, and ten months. Yes, yes, Yes.
0: absolutely. And you have to invest in your business if you want to see it grow.
1: Yes, You have to
0: invest in the dollar, and sometimes it takes money to invest in and sometimes you don't make a profit in those first couple of years because mm-hmm. and, and i think that's a weird balance that you can be creating this thing it can be bringing in money and you, you need to take that money and put it right back in the right business. Back in. yeah right and, back in that, yeah. that's
1: where the struggle is yes
0: because it's not ready <laughs> it's not ready yet for you to start cashing out on it you know exactly. you have to once that business gets to a point where you don't have to touch it and it runs and mm-hmm. it's generating income with the, while you're Sitting at the beach, <laughs> sipping on a culotta, then it might be ready. But until then, you're still in the building phase, you know?
1: Exactly, yeah. exactly.
0: But I'm excited to hear you grow and, and how you're investing in yourself and you've invested in the getting the labels made as one step and just, you know, continue to do those investments. Um and, you know, we're super excited about your brand, The Natural Mixologist. Um, I want you guys to hop onto the Black and Green website. Go read more um, about our story and about the products. We have some amazing stuff on the website. Um, and we just want to thank you for joining us today with our, for our podcast and just, you know, being here and giving another voice that, yes, you can be black. Yes, you can be an entrepreneur. And, yes, you can be in the green space.
1: Oh, my God. It's amazing. And I, I love the site already. So, Aww, yes. thank, thank you. you. He I mean he was like, look, you need to be a part of this. Yes.
0: yes.
1: That, immediately I mean, I said, well done. Beautiful site. Well done. Beautiful job. Beautiful.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: So, thank you. Thank you for having me, Kristen.
0: No problem. Thanks for being a part of our journey and listening to the Black and Green podcast. Tune in next week when we feature another Black woman artisan who creates all natural products. You can buy products to support our artisans at BLKGRN.com and check us out on all social media at BLK and GRN. Make sure you like and share our podcast with your friends. Until next time, buy Black and live green.